On this week's episode of Slashers, we talk about Walk Among Us, the only real album from the Misfits. Joined by special guest Johnny Disaster of the band Cry Havoc. Stay tuned for a special track from Cry Havoc. Among Us on Slash's Podcast, a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror. My name is Jake, and with me for the first time, and hopefully not the last time, is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Johnny from Cry Havoc. How's it going, buttfucker? Tired. I've been buttfucking all night. No. <laughs> I've been getting buttfucked all night. So, But no, I'm good. I'm stoked. I'm just stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. I feel very special. I feel very honored to be on the show. So thank you. Thank you for making the time for me and putting up with my technological wooditeness, Neanderthalness. <laughs> not go. my strong suit. You're my favorite caveman. That's why you're the <laughs> only person of all of our hidden tracks to actually have a sticker on my car. How about that? I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm humbled. That's awesome. Thank I, you very much. I can't much. say that you're the only sh- hidden track that I have a shirt for anymore because I have a couple other ones, but... You gotta spread the love. Yes, spread the love. I like that. That makes me happy hearing that on the behalf of uh, all of others. Well, yeah, and then you were kind enough to wear our shirt when you did a TV appearance, so it, yeah. that's pretty fucking sweet i have to say that's probably the biggest we've ever been in public access man <laughs> well it's from salem mass i mean that's pretty fucking cool it <laughs> like, is we have like a like an unspoken like cry havoc rule where when we play live for the most part we always try to wear a t-shirt of like another band we play with or something like that because black flag doesn't need me to rock a sweet black flag shirt right. at shows. Like everybody knows who fucking black flag is like you know so we we always try to like wear tees from like our other bands we play with or our friends bands or podcasts or whatever you know and so like that's why I'm like such a big t-shirt guy, you know, because when I see people of other bands like wearing our shirts at shows and stuff like that, like I'm stoked. It is like the coolest fucking thing ever. Oh, like, yeah. when you did, like when you wore ours during the uh, the weekly warm up video, there you it was go. Like the raddest thing ever. You know what I mean? So so don't don't sweat it. Forget about it. Forget hey, got a big pop boom. It ain't nothing. See, now I have a really big problem because I always do the So I Married an Axe Murderer, Axe Bing murder. Bong Boom. But then now I'm doing the New York Italian because we're talking about yep. some New Jersey Italians with the Misfits. It's right over the tunnel. It's on the. It's it's right over the bridge. You can see it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. Yeah, but if you're a New Yorker talking about Jersey, you're like it's way the fuck over there. It's not even the same thing. It's a different fucking planet. It's like a different <laughs> fucking world. I don't know Jersey. I don't even know anybody from. Who are these people? Yeah. But let's talk about something real quick. My awful impression. No, no, it's quite good. It's 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 very organic. Or as. A woman who worked at Sprouts once said organic, and I was very concerned about shopping there. But Danzig, Jerry Only, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein, I've heard interviews with each of these motherfuckers, and they all talk shit about every type of sport except for wrestling, which I understand considering that, you know, two of those members ended up being in WCW, albeit briefly. But they're from New Fucking Jersey, where they have a sports team called the Devils. And they don't do anything with that. And they don't don't care. Son of a bitch. I mean, in their defense, like the devils, like, hey, you watch yourself. Or I'm going to have Putty from Seinfeld come over here and yell in your face. (laughs) We're the devils. We're the devils. Dude, David Warburton, he still does that. He'll go to events and he'll scream shirtless. Dude. 
like uh, in character. I would like, suck like, his dick off when he does that. No other time. I, mean, I give the Devils credit for being one of those teams that like sticks it out. Yeah. You know, because like every hockey team has like their off. You can't enjoy like the glory of like the golden age without sitting through like the absolute dark ages with your team. And I'm a Boston <laughs> Bruins fan. So there I've you been go. there. I get it. So I give the Devils, the, I give my, like, because uh, my tattoo artist is a Devils fan. So I, I give him shit. I'm like, you guys had your thing in the 90s. You had Scott Niedemeyer and Broder and all that. And like, you had your moment, but you guys are absolute fucking garbage now. Like, I, it's it, it's rough. It's rough. But for the Misfits, the Devils, come on. Come on. There's even a song called Devil's Whorehouse on this record. Exactly. That's great. And furthermore, you guys had Miroslav Satan on your team. There was a guy that said Satan on the back of a New Jersey's Devils jersey. How cool is that? See, this is what I'm saying. And it's squandered. I have to give you some credit because I was the biggest Bruins fan in the world with Tim Thomas uh, as the goalie. And then when he was bye-bye kaputs, I'm like, uh, Tucker Rask is cool, but it's like, nah, your name sounds like a kid's like stuffed animal. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It or it does. sounds like a shitty Pokemon where they pull out a card from their deck. And it's like, I'm going to play Tukarusk. And you're like, no. Listen, so I, I'm going to be remiss if I don't mention this because it has to do with the Misfits. So our drummer, Snagrock, and I, and our current guitar player, Marcel, we all used to work at Hot Topic together. Hell yeah. And that's, like, that's how we all met. And me and Snagrock got on this Danzig thing where we literally had a wall in the back room of pictures of Danzig. Hell and they yeah. Were all make, and they were all making fun of him. That's perfect. Like they were all de- they, like, like it was right around that time that 777, like I Lucifer, he came out. <laughs> and we saw these like stupid claw gloves and like wicked pussycat and all that fucking stupid oh, shit. Yeah. So we literally had a wall in the back room where we would find a picture of anything and just like draw a devil walk on it, draw a chest hair on it, draw a gigantic belt buckle and a claw gloves and put it on this wall. We were so obnoxious about it. We came up with like this like fictitious reality where we gave him like this weird character and a voice and like all these weird things. But John and I, Snyderock and I did that too with the Bruins. We assigned all of the people like on that team, like an alternate like personality okay. and like character traits and like all these like obnoxious scenarios. That's like our thing. It's hell terrible. yeah. So like we have characters for all the Bruins from that era, from the 2010, like from like 2008, nine, right before they won the cup, like up until a couple years afterwards, like this whole series of like fictional personalities and realities. It's insane. Like, so when him and I hang out, like we'll drive to shows like in New York city and like, we'll just be like doing our Danzig bit the whole drive there. Dude, you're making your own cinematic universes decades before Marvel. What's up? No, it, it's really what we do. And it's terrible because the personalities we give these people are nothing like their real life personalities. It wouldn't all. be fun if they were like it, right? No, it's terrible. Hockey like, players so are fucking boring, most of them. Yeah, they're nerds. Yeah. So so it makes sense if you give them like total non in completely inaccurate like personalities. But like it's ridiculous because people are like and we and they all have different voices and all this bullshit. And people are like, You guys should make like a like like a show or something out of it. And I'm like, No. <laughs> That's what Aqua Teen Hunger Force is for, which Danzig was on. Listen, when that episode came out was when the whole Danzig thing at the store we worked at was like at its peak. There you go. Because like, because people that didn't know anything about Danzig, like all we were talking about was like the giant belt buckle and the chest hair and no shirt <laughs> and, weather, and weather pants. And people that didn't get Danzig just thought that was us being ridiculous. And then that episode came out and people came in and they're like, oh. 
you guys were right. Yeah, he's just all about having blood and the giant belt buckle, and he even has the hairy chest. I can't believe you guys were right, and it just became the thing. Like we're like, see, we're not ridiculous. We're just telling it like it is. You what people are, just need to listen to us. One of the things that's the funniest thing in the world is I was a very very avid AFI fan for a long time, and I always say I miss when Davy Havoc was the bastard hell spawn of Danzig and not the illegitimate love child of Robert Smith and Morrissey. But my point is, you might recall that Sting the Sorrow era that a lot of people were like, Davey Havits. And then they put like the hard F word where you're like, that's not oh, a nice yeah. thing to say about anybody. Mm-hmm. And no. then I was like, look at ultra masculine Danzig. He's wearing fishnet shirts and pleather pants too. Oh, yeah. Look at Danzig. Oh my God. Mm. How can you not look at Danzig? No. It's funny. I was listening to Black Sails in the Sunset today because I'm an AFI super fan. There we go. I will regrettably admit though, they lost me after Crash Love or they lost me after December Underground. I, 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 I was on board a hundred percent all the way up until Crash Love and I just couldn't do it. So like, and, and I've tried with each album since then, yeah. like I give it a shot and I just, it's not, it's not the same to me. I can't, I can't do it, but I like, whatever they're successful. They're making the records they want to make. Yeah. I, I wish them nothing but the best. I still have, and I wear it every once in a while. It's funny because I get mad compliments for it, but I have an AFI windbreaker with like the black cat logo on the back. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Orange. I bought it when I saw them on tour for Shut Your Mouth and Open Your Eyes. I think it was like December 98, maybe. Yeah, man. They were on tour with the, uh, Good Riddance and Snapcase. Very and that cool. that show was insane. That entire show is actually, their whole set is actually on YouTube. I found it and I watched it and I was like, <laughs> like it was terrible. I, it's a time I machine. Like, I felt like I aged a million years in like five seconds. Like oh yeah, because the quality is all granulated, pixelated, terrible. It just took me back. I was right. like, and, and it was funny because that tour, I I had them all sign my copy of the CD because I bought the record at that show and I met them all. But that was before Jade, like Jade wasn't on that tour yet. It was still with Mark. Yep. And he's the only person I didn't get to sign that CD. And I'm so heated about it because then he left and he's not in the band anymore. I was like, mother fucker. Right? I would have no, made it like OG collector status 101. Where is it? And for people with the audio only, well, actually, I think we're only doing audio only nowadays. Right. Johnny's showing me. Oh, awesome. He he has credentials, ladies and gentlemen. I am seeing an AFI tattoo. Old. Very proud of you, AFI tattoo. There we go. Anyways, we yeah, talk, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end up talking about AFI this entire time. If we well, keep I going. just I have one more rant where you gotta Hit love me, that please. a band who started off as a hardcore punk band becomes a pop band and then creates another hardcore punk band called Extremist rather than just doing hardcore punk as the band. The extremist shit is so good. Yeah, that's what pisses me off. So- yeah, no, and I was pissed off when I first heard because I follow like I followed Davey on like Twitter or something like that, and he posted a thing for extremists, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I checked it out, and it was a music video for Conformist, and I was like, like, right. So good. And at first I'm like, you motherfuckers. So you still got it. Yep. You can still scream. You're still you, you, like, this is the heaviest thing you've ever done. So why aren't you just doing this with AFI? And like, I was pissed because I'm like, dude, just, just pretty please. Come on. Like, I felt like little Oliver. I'm like, please, sir. Can I have <laughs> some more? have some more can i have some more marsh parts please like yeah but then i'm just like uh 
but you know what? I'll still take it. It's better than this not existing at all. I'll yeah, take exactly. it in the form of extremist than nothing at all. Like because that extremist record is fucking sick, dude. So let me so ask you a question. Good. We're talking about new things. What is your stance on Misfits 1995 or uh, the Michael Graves era? Graves era. Um, I bought the records when they came out because they were just new Misfits records, and I was like, I need to have, I, 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 I need to own these. You yeah. know what I mean? Completionist. Um, and I was, I don't know how old I was, teens, whatever, because yeah. I already had the box set. I bought the box set when it came out. The '96 like, one. Yeah, 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 the coffin, the coffin box. I bought that when it came out. And it's funny because I own Walk Among Us, like just the regular CD release, and then I have the box set too. So those are the only Misfits albums I ever like bought, like my original OG lineup, whatever. So like I had all those and everything. So then they're like, they're coming back, they're coming back, they're getting back together, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't know that it wasn't with Danzig. Yeah. So I bought American Psycho. A bunch of my friends went to that tour for American Psycho. So I got the CD and I listened to it. I was like, this is cool. It's weird sounding. Yeah, didn't it though? It's also not from the 80s when I was three or four or whatever. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, I liked it for what it was. I mean, I'm not going to say it's great. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, I I don't want to be just like, it's not dancing. It sucks balls. But I mean, I'll give it, it's got the better songwriting, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Maybe because it's just newer, it sounds better. From what I've heard, though, is Graves does not sound that good in real life. And that's all post-production. Very that's what much I've heard. so. I, I've never seen them, so I can't attest to that. Um, I can. You, you, yeah, you, you caught them. I don't know if it's just like every time that I saw them, the audio mix was just fucking terrible, but he was just like, you'd hear him like screeching at the top and you'd hear no low end and they'd just be like gaps. I'm like, I'm, what? Like, and I understand his vo- voice is not Danzig, which is fine because like I, I think that Famous Monsters is like top 10 favorite records of all time for me just because I love the construct of it. But then you got to be able to do it live. Otherwise, it's just kind of like it doesn't work. Yeah, it just studio or project it just, it just doesn't work yeah if you if you can't pull it off live then you can't play live yeah <laughs> like, exactly you, you know so like i don't know i give they are what they are i mean i haven't bought any of their new studio albums if what did they do too they did devil's reign and another the project 1950 well, yeah there's project 1950 and then did they do it i thought they did another actual record and another one and then devil's reign was the newest one i haven't got i i have project 1950 i didn't get anything post that so i mean i can't really attest to that like my, my thing is like if you go in to american psycho and famous monsters and you're legitimately expecting the same thing as before you're setting yourself up to be disappointed 100%. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why you would do that you know what i mean you have to approach that as just being completely different you know and if you don't yeah. like it then so be it but don't be like hey man this doesn't sound like walk among us like yeah no fucking shit <laughs> right like, and if you ex- and if you expected it to i don't i, I don't know what to tell you like it's I, been almost I, 20 years too like those cabinets and guitars probably don't exist anymore much less the analog tapes so calm the fuck down yeah you know what i mean like so it's like like, I get it. I, if you don't like it, cool, whatever. Like, then don't like it. Like, that's fine. It's just, but it's like, I don't get the shock. Like the <laughs> betrayal, I mean? like, right? Yeah. It's like, well. You mean Danzig's what? not in this band? And then he didn't sing on these songs? Well, not, not, yeah. And I mean, not even just that. Be like, oh man, this sounds different. Like, of course, fucking course it does. <laughs> of course it does. Like, well, yeah, you as a musician, I'm sure your first EP compared to your latest record, probably a little bit different, I'm willing to say. 
Yeah. Well, like, and I mean, don't you want that for any band though? Like, like, and, and isn't that what, isn't that what any band really aspires to? So, you know, like when we started this band, our drummer Shira had never played an instrument ever. I don't mean like oh. he hadn't played, like he, he used to be a bass player and then took up drums. Like, no, he never played a instrument ever. Like he taught, he's self-taught and everything like that. Like, wow. So yeah, for, for real, because when I watch him play sometimes, I'm like, dude, like <laughs> where the fuck this come from? I'm, hey, I'll take it. Fuck. Like, you know, but, you know, so like, I listen to like our first, our older shit and I'm like, oh, I just turn this off. I, I, I don't like the way I sing because like I sing differently now, you know, like it's just, you know, I, I hate listening to our old shit and people are like, oh, it's good. And I'm like, just thank you. But no, like it's not, you know, but like I'm going to start going to your shows and I'm going to play a character where I'm like upset and I'm calling you a sellout for changing your style. For not, for not playing, for not playing shit from 2008. Yep. Yeah. Like <laughs> you sold out, you went corporate, Johnny. Oh man, you don't do, you used to, what happened to you, man? It used to be about the music. Right. I throw a bottle at you and say, slag off. <laughs> there you go. So, but like you, you, you want it. Like we, and we get better with each record because we get better at what we do. Yeah. So, I mean, if your newest album doesn't sound more competent than your first album, I don't know. You know, I mean, like you can still play the same genre of music. You can still sound like you're a band, but you should, or you, I would, I would assume you would want to sound different, i.e. better at what you do as each one goes on. Same thing. I mean, same thing with you guys. I mean, I'm sure you listen to your, probably your older episodes and you're like, eh, I don't listen to them. To, New. Yeah, exactly. For that reason. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, but that's a good thing that shows that you're improving your craft and you're doing better and you're making strides to want to do better. So wouldn't you as, as cringy as a, maybe listening to your old shit, it's good to see how far you came, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's how I try to rationalize it in my head. Like we didn't suck. We're well, just also the benefit better. for you is you're playing two minute hardcore songs and I'm using an annoying, <laughs> nasally voice for over an hour so it's a lot easier for you to go uh, tip the water and i'm done with that pass and me i'm like oh god why do i keep saying butt fucking and yelling at everyone I just, so i like you know people are like he screams he screams like a girl yeah i scream like a girl yeah, all right, right. <laughs> what? what do you what, what do you what, what do you get to fucking say about it all there right? you go like tell, tell it for it's how i fucking talk here it's what i do it's what i do and what i do is get us back on track we're talking about walk among us from the misfits released march 1982 a thrilling 24 minute ordeal that changed the face of punk rock music so this episode is a report episode and we're just basically going to give you a little taste of what the misfits are if you've never heard of them uh, a nice stroll down memory lane if you have and then just kind of get into the production of the record and then we're just going to be a couple girls gabbing you know i'm going to be sexist and say we're some girls gabbing about how much we love this record sound good what what's the problem somewhere right now Danzig's like chest hair is tingling because he's like, yeah, that's right. People talking about how awesome I was. That that's my Danzig voice, by the way. <laughs> like that's 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 the voice I was talking about earlier. Perfect. So yeah, and if everybody knows that this show intends to do Veronica when it finally comes out, but I want to just say one thing: this motherfucker is entitled to be hokey. If you were 64 mm -hmm. years old and everybody who you've met since 1982 wanted to suck your dick off because of something you did when you were a teenager, you would be weird. Oh, it yeah. would be fucking weird, dude. And so oh, yeah. I give him a pass. Him getting knocked out and backstage is a little sad, but I understand why he thinks he's God because people wanted him to play Wolverine. Yeah, but um, sometimes, sometimes you just got to get knocked out. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get punched in the face and wife to understand things. And a hard reset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Re- reality check. He got checked. <laughs> he got checked. Have you seen Veronica? Have you watched it? No, not yet. I, well, I've been wanting to, but the legends are, are really bad already. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. Snydark bought it on Blu-ray, said unseen. He's like, it's finally out. I bought it. And he calls me. He's like, what are you doing? Because I have Veronica and you need to come over and watch it. Well, I was like, dude, we're really doing this. He's like, we're doing this. So yeah, I've seen it. Is it as bad or is it worse? Yeah, your your face says way worse. It's bad. It's really bad. It's one of those things like where we suffered through it and like I was kind of mad about it. But then I realized we're going to be able to talk shit about it like forever. And it's one of those things like it's like it's like that really bad movie that like you really that like re- like legitimately sucked. Not trashic. It's not trashic. It's just tragic. Yeah. But you get to show it to other people. So then the two of you can sit there and make fun of it and talk shit about it. That or is you get to go bing bong boom 90 episodes <laughs> later because you still hate So I Married an Axe Murderer. I love that movie. I just watched it a couple of years ago. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. I, I, I don't know. I have nothing to say in my defense. I, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need man. to just like, oh man, <laughs> exactly be like sleep deprived or something and I'll like it. But I just couldn't get into it this time. It's, it's the nostalgia for me, too. I mean, I'm like, it's a good point. This movie was so funny. Oh, my God. Huh? Like we showed it to our daughter and she was like, <laughs> so, this seems I'm a little like, droll and derivative, father. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? This movie is great. Why won't you laugh? What is your problem, my kid? Are you my kid? Whoa. Eternity. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. I mean, it's really bad. It literally makes no sense. Like there's, you know what? When you watch it, hit me up and we'll talk about it. Okay. We, I, could, I could spend an hour just talking about Veronica, but I don't want to spoil it. I want to let you... I wonder what you have that experience. If you like Johnny on this show, let me know and I'll have him back on to review that fucking movie. How about that? To talk about Veronica. Oh, man. I'm going to make you sit through that. So do you know where the band got their name? It's pretty well established right now, but I'm just going to put you on spot. Yeah, it's from Marilyn Monroe's last film, The Misfits. Exactly. Bingo. So the band is formed. (laughs) They're formed March 1977. They play their first show April 25th, 1977. Bro, maybe a month old. Which is awesome. And this is one of the things that I was going to bring up. It's really funny because I feel like the Misfits, because they were so different with their whole aesthetic, with their whole, the, the, the look and the imagery and the songs and the lyrics and just their sound. I feel like they exist kind of in their own little world. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you think of like the first, first wave punk rock, 1977, you don't think about the Misfits. No. Nope. You think about the Clash and the Sex Pistols and the Damned and the Ramones and Johnny Thunders and all the greats. You know, the, the, the original first wave. You don't think about the misfits then even when i or i mean at least at least me i'm saying when you get to like 81 you know early 80s and stuff i don't think of the misfits nope i'm thinking of american hardcore ssd black flag minor threat bad brains circle jerks youth of today yeah youth of today exactly and then even like when you get to the late 80s by the time that they release earth ad and uh earth ad and like the the wolf's blood and die die my darling and stuff yeah like 85 86 around that period like that's already starting with like the crossover stuff like chrome mags yeah nuclear assault you, you know uh like agnostic all, all front the, earth crisis agnostic front yeah agnostic front yeah all that stuff so it's like weird because it's like they exist through all that span through like the original punk era the inception of american hardcore then even into like the crossover area 
but I don't associate them with it. The misfits are just like the misfits. Yeah. And everything else is everything else. So it's like, it's like, yeah, man, like 77, like OG punk rock. Like they exist in that time. I lose sight of that sometimes because I'm like the misfits of the misfits. Yeah. They're like a force of nature in my mind. Because like you said, the Walk Among Us record is the only like official record for a band that changed the world. You yeah. know, you had... By the time they did this, they had already recorded two other records that they didn't like overdub. So this is like super polished, right? And you could almost compare it to the arc of like the Beatles, because this could be like the I want to hold your hand era. And then when you get into the fucking Lucy in the sky is when you have like static age and there's like brutality and aggression. You're like, yeah, it it gets like a kind of a a very eclectic little uh, milieu of all this stuff that I love. And it's just a it's myriad amazing. of things, right? A myriad. Well, it, it's just, but it, it just it boggles my mind. You know what I mean? Because it's like you, it's so hard to find a band that can kind of walk through all those eras of punk and hardcore and all that, whatever you know, that whole umbrella term that can kind of exist in all of those places, but isn't at the forefront of every single one of them. Right? Those. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like Misfits are included in Stephen Bosch's American Har- American Hardcore book, which took me by surprise because yeah. I don't think of them in that capacity Correct. but you still don't really see a lot about them in the old school books about the first wave of punk you see the Ramones and you see the Sex Pistols yep. and the Clash and the Damned and the Stranglers and the this is and the that's and you know it's just it's I just think it's so strange and just so unique and I don't know if it's because like you said there's such a force unto their own that the misfits just exist in the misfits world and that's it that's what they do and it transcends all which know? is one of the reasons why I give Danzig a pass because Danzig is that he wrote the songs he created the imagery because if you look at the band when they start they're on the verge of being goth like new wave kind of yeah they're they're already doing their they're already doing their own thing from the get-go yeah and then you have dancing from the very start they're already kind of doing their own thing it might not be with the devil walks and everything like that but they're still already operating on a very different level than everybody else is they don't have a mohawk look or 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 this a spiked jacket or a bondage pant or safety pin through the cheek or whatever yeah with the chain to the ear yeah exactly they're they're just even like static age 77 cough cool seven inch era they're still off doing their own thing and maybe that's why i don't think of them in those capacities of those other genres because they're always just kind of doing their own thing and i i really wonder what i would have reacted like in the 70s seeing them. this trio go up and you seeing a guy pull out of an electric keyboard and be like playing she about patty hurst i'm like what the fuck is happening here there's so much weirdness and then for that to become this i mean in a period of a couple of years is truly amazing mm-hmm. oh yeah then to come with the devil locks and the this the comical spiked not comical but like like to the road warrior-esque we'll say if not comical thank you the road warrior yes i was gonna say the bushwhackers from from uh <laughs> wf with the hockey pads with the actual the actual spikes on them but yeah but it's it's weird it's it's just it's so funny to me because it's like like i said they exist in their own thing like and can you imagine some of those shows then dude i honestly wonder if i would have been like stoked on it or if i would have been like what's this hokey motherfucker think he was doing but then like i would have loved it because i'm a damned fan so i would have eaten that shit up i would have eaten that shit up but like my daughter even likes the damned which is crazy i I think i'm doing parenting right yes indeed 
Indeed. Well, well done. Good, sir. And in preparing for this episode, I was like, kiddo, do you want to listen to the misfits? She goes, misfits. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. No paternity test needed. I got it. Say, whoa, say, whoa, I need you to give me a whoa. Yeah. But like you look at some of the old school, like show flyers, like from the period of the eighties. And I'm like, you know, cause like I, I grew up, I originally grew up in Massachusetts. So like the Boston hardcore and like Boston punk war is like my war. I kind of latch onto. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, you mean to fucking tell me that like the misfits of that time played with with DYS and like and negative effects? Like what? That must have been the most insane fucking show ever. Or like them out in Cali, like with the circle jerks and right. black flag. Like I can't I can't wrap my head around like those old shows. Or their European vacation where they just go to England and the damn to like <laughs> wait play two shows. What? And then Played two shows and then hang out with Sid Vicious mom. <laughs> like, it's so weird, right? How does this like that doesn't make any sense that it happened? Well, we we, we got London Dungeon out of it though, so I mean it's a win win, right? Like, yeah, didn't I'm get a full tour, but hey, no, but, but we got London Dungeon and a cool and a good story to go about it because they what they got enough they got in a fight waiting to get in to see um the jam, right? I think so. I know that they were I fighting they, skinheads is what the big the legend is. Yeah, that it was outside of a jam show. And the fact, just the, the 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 thought of the thought of Danzig going to go check out the Jam live, I just think is hysterical. Like, I do not have Danzig pegged as a Jam fan. Like, really, Glenn in the city? Like this? this, this like, really? Like, I just don't see it. <laughs> then I this mean, is cool. the same dude who ended up doing a full record of Elvis covers. So, I mean, do you do you do you, man? This is true. This is true. It was, it was, I just thought that was funny. I was like. For the jam? Yeah. I mean, at, cool. at the like, Rainbow awesome. Theater. You're correct. Excellent. See, I did a little homework. There we go. I mean, I I'm, I'm sure I don't have a whole legal pad of, of, of notes and, and Easter eggs like you do, but I wrote some stuff. Seven pages, <laughs> single space, no big deal. Holy shit, you've collated and everything? Nicely done, sir. Oh, let's let's hey, briefly plug I, this. You have a show coming out, Deep Cuts Matinee. How the yes. fuck about it? Are you excited or are you dreading it? Because it's got a lot of work. Uh, I'm excited about it. Good. I'm excited about it. It's I'm, I, I am a bit nervous. I really only got into podcast when I found out about you guys, which was not very long ago. So yeah. I'm new to the whole podcast thing. I've never done this before either. The only time I've ever had to talk into a microphone with headphones on is when I'm screaming obscenities. So it's going to be completely different for me. I don't really fancy myself as a super movie guy. You know, my brother is like the movie guy. Yeah. Like he writes for a couple like movie, like movie blogs and stuff like that, like reviews and stuff like that. He's okay. like wicked into it. Like he goes to Chinatown and whatever city we're in to go find like weird, cool, like bootlegged, like, Hell like, yeah. in, like films. Like he's wicked into it. So I mean, like credential wise, he's, I'm sure there's a lot more people that are more qualified to do this than I, but I'd like to think that I can make up for it in like weird, obnoxious discussion. There you go. Because that's all Adam and I end up doing is bullshitting about movies a lot of the time. And he, I guess he had to wind up with some of his friends and they all bailed on him, I guess. So, oh, so your second choice. Awesome. Well, no, it was funny because it was just like, he was like, hey, like we were talking or whatever because we talk about like art shit and stuff. And he was like, he's like, hey, so, uh, yeah, I was going to do this podcast. I'm like, oh, dude, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, but uh, the guys I was going to deal with kind of can't do it. And I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. He's like, yeah, but I had this domain already bought and <laughs> this and that. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, all right. 
And then there was like a slow silence. And I'm like, are you asking me to do this with you? <laughs> like <laughs> you the start I mean? of like, every band ever. If you're a drummer and right? you like have a kit, everybody's like, yeah, man, our drummer, like he flakes out all the time. The drummer's like, I yeah. Song, I got these songs written, you know, they're just sitting there. They're going to go to waste. They're real good. <laughs> but we like, got no, studio so space and everything, man. You could just lug your fucking kit over and set it up three times a week to rehearse, man. No big deal. <laughs> I know a guy. He can get his shows. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. I do you not miss those days. While, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah a big clusterfuck of shit. It's just like podcasting. I take it way too goddamn serious. I do too much goddamn work. And then everybody is like, you're a little extra. And I'm like, I have a, I'm entitled to be fucking extra. Okay. I have to be extra because you guys can't get your fucking shit together. I pre-sold 40 fucking tickets. How many fucking pre sold you fucking sell? I'll never forget the, the we shit. Had to, we had to sell tickets? <laughs> yep. The one time, the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. We played a place called the Mutant House. Turns out it was a converted chicken coop. And I'm not talking about like wire mesh. I'm talking about like a big, it's wooden. Fire Marshal would hate it. A bunch of established bands in Southern California had played there and stuff. And it was pre-sale. You would it was never. Like a known, a known place. This was like a known place. Yeah. But it was like an unspoken thing that it was a fucking chicken coop that was a fire hazard, right? So all the pictures on the inside, it looks indistinguishable from a lot of other venues. I mean, fuck, it looked like Dive. Roxy Music on the inside. Or so any various dive bar that has that has shows. Yeah. Yeah. So I get there. I have sold my pre-sale tickets and then some find out that two of my band members didn't sell a one. They thought it was a recommendation. They thought it was all like suggestive, like, oh, hey, if you can do this, it'd be cool. But it's not mandatory. It's all profits, what they thought. So I had to call every single person I knew on my fucking flip phone and be like, hey, can you show up? I'll give you tickets for a dollar. I just need to get something. Yeah. I need bodies in the door. Help me, please. Yeah. A friend I hadn't spoken to in like three years shows up. She gives me 60 bucks, which at that point is six tickets. And yeah. she's like, oh, I don't want to stay for the show. I just, just felt like you money. needed this and drove off. And I was like, I never want to be reliant on another human being again. And, and that was it. That, that, that was when you're inspired to achieve. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be a podcaster instead. That's where the real money and, and credentials are. <laughs> the aplomb from my peers. Fuck this. Fuck this band shit. I'm going to podcasting. All right. So back uh, to band shit. Yes. I'm going to try and focus because I know I, know. I I'm just I I'm no, I'm no help. <laughs> it's okay. By November of 77, going back, they've been a band for less than eight months at this point. They go and they release an EP under their own trademark name, Blank Records. Now, Mercury Records released a Pear Ubu album called mm-hmm. Blank Records without knowing that they were having trademark infringement. So right. they negotiate with Danzig and they just, they end up getting the Blank Records name for 30 hours of recording time. That becomes Static Age, which the terms of the deal were that Mercury had an option to actually distribute the record. They didn't do okay. it. So that's why Static Age doesn't get released until the 80s. Until the box. Or 90s. Until, yeah. the, box, until the box set. Right. The, the, the box set release was like the first time ever. The unheard, un, never before released Misfits record. Exactly. Right. And then so they had also done the 12 hits from hell, which has still never been released. And that one was in 1980. Caroline Records was trying to release it at one point. That didn't work. So it just, all the tracks are available, but that seems to have blown up because the guitarist at the time got 
kick the fuck out of here. And so when Bobby Steele gets the boot and Doyle comes in, the negativity there, the master tapes, Danzig just keeps. And then years later, he would polish them and overdub them as they went. And so this when we're talking about Walk Among Us being the only Misfits record, it is the only officially released Misfits record while the band existed. That's another thing. The posthumous releases, the Misfits are like Tupac of punk when it comes to all the stuff that came out after the band broke up. Tupac of punk. I'm just imagining Tupac with a devil lock. I'm all about that. <laughs> engineer engineer boots and like a fishnet shirt. <laughs> so rad. The road warrior armor. I love it. <laughs> what awesome. a rush. Make a meme of that. Get on that, man. Okay. On, quit, slack, quit slacking. <laughs> so when they go to do this record, they start recording in June of 81 at Mixolydian and Newfound Sound Studios. Now, Newfound Sound, it looks like they just did Hate Breeders. Everything else, it looks like they did it at Mixolydian, except for Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight, which was live at, at Putting on the Rats in New York yep. City, December 17th, 1981. And if I'm not mistaken, The Undead plays that show also, mm-hmm. which is Bobby Steele's other band he was in. Weird, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, awkward. So what? I, real quick, so what I wanted to touch on too was, oh, and we can get back to it later on if you want to, sure. what I thought was funny is that when it really comes to like a lot of the original punk, I mean, even still applies to this day, is like when you get to like punk and hardcore bands and like you don't know where to start, everyone's like, just get their old stuff. Just get the old stuff. Yep. We, just talked, we just talked about it with AFI, you know what I mean? Like uh, they lost me after the, the old stuff, you know? So if we're going by in official terms as Wakamas being the first full-length release, because they did all the seven inches and EPs and all that shit. Yeah. So if that's their first full-length release and really their only proper full-length release, it sticks with that line of thinking. The old stuff, the best stuff. They, you know, they, they, they did the classic punk and hardcore thing. They got together, they did some seven inches, they did one record, they broke up, and they're famous. Like all, like, like, like most of the original 80s hardcore and punk bands do and stuff. But if we factor in the fact that's technically their third record written, but only the first one to see the light of day because yeah. we have Static Age and 12 Hits from Hell. That means that's his third full-length record. And for that to be your third full-length record, what a fucking record. Crazy, and right? Why, yeah, and that's why I think it ties in with if you're going to be a band and, you was, and you're going to get better and more proficient at what you do, you still sound the same, but you're just better at it. Yeah. Because I like Static Age. I like all the songs that are on 12 for, Hits from Hell, which just ended up being on Collection 1 and Collection 2 and all the other, yeah. and all the seven inches anyways and shit like that. What a fucking good example of both of those things existing at the same time yeah you can still check off the first album as your best album you know box but you can also say if those other two ones had come out where would we stand like and also audience influence because if the audience mm-hmm. had those records to rely on they're going to lean more into the hardcore and you don't get the poppy kind of doo-wop stuff that you kind of get in this like you know yeah and what kind of if i can steal your point one of the my favorite things that goes through my head at, at all times when people are basically thinking i'm obnoxious this above all to thine own self be true right these records are indistinguishably misfits regardless mm-hmm. if it's no, obscenely the or whatever it is or whoever's doing or wherever they're recording it or who's producing it or whatever it's still misfits exactly it still sounds like the misfits yeah which is crazy because the the rampant development because i mean think about that how drastically it changes between songs like demonomania and then ghoul's night out even if you just look at between those three records like you know all hell breaks loose which later became not- all hell with sam hayne whoa sam hayne. yeah that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> <a whole> <laughs> 
or Samhain, if you want to be that technically that correct. Actually, yeah, actually, it goes down. I'm just saying it for the for the ignorant masses. Okay, I know I have credentials, right? So like, but I mean, you have like all hell breaks loose, which is wandering into that heavier mm-hmm. thrash crossover sound they eventually did, which I loved. I thought was fucking awesome. We used to do a cover of We Bite because it's yeah. awesome, like you know. But I mean, look at something like all hell breaks loose compared to something from Static Age, like Static Age or Theme for a Jackal or even American Nightmare stuff that was out like that. Just that shift between. If those if those two records had come out, you could still say like, yeah, man, they got just better at what they do. Yeah. Listen to Walk Among Us. If you listen to Static Age, it's it's a world of difference. They they got better at what they did and stuff like that. So I just thought it was funny that you know it still applies to like, yeah, they were good, and then they got a little better when it got to Walk Among Us. Though, whoa, that's when they that's when they 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 got it when they dialed it in. Or you can still say, you know fucking man they got that one record that's all you need that's it you so know? that's actually that goes into a point i was going to make later and I, I feel like we organically hit it so i'm just going to keep it here now it. we're going to talk about the tracks later i'm going to give you the fucking sophie's choice right now you can have walk among us or you can have everything else you can't have both which do you choose and that's Everything just original. Works. I won't include the Michael Graves misfits. So, those. so I can get so I can get Walk Among Us and nothing else, or everything else but Walk Among Us. The look on his face, ladies and gentlemen, is the best thing that I have seen this eon. It's that's a fucked question, isn't it? Brutal, dude. I was not prepared for these. Que- I was, these are these are not the questions that I came here for. <laughs> right. That's tough. That's really tough because. I mean, Walk Among Us is untouchable in its own right. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a reason why everybody says that's just the one album you need and you're good. People say that for a reason. It's like the distilled essence. But I mean, the volume of the other songs, like Hybrid Moments, Bullet, Attitude, like I think I have to give it to everything else. But it is the slimmest of margins because I think Walk Among Us is that good. For sure, you know. And also, I'm, yeah. I'm really into She from 1977 with the electric uh, keyboard. It's one of the my all-time box. favorite songs. Yeah, with the fuzz box. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, it's got all the hits. I mean, you you could you could get away with just referring to it as like a greatest hits record. I mean, you, you truly could. could. Like, you could, but at the same time, that means that you're going to miss out on "Die Die My Darling." We are one thirty eight. Like we are one thirty eight. You know, last caress for Christ's sake. That also means you'll never hear a studio version of "Mommy Can I Go and Kill Tonight." That means you'll only be caught with the live version <laughs> of it, and you'll never under and you'll never hear what the out the intro to "London Dungeon" is that fades out of the live version of mommy you'll never hear london dungeon right no children in heat dude i don't know i you know what if you put a gun to my head i would have to say everything else just because it's more that i can listen to exactly because because this is what 24 minutes dude 24 minutes opposed to how many hours yeah of other stuff I'd have to go for just the bigger volume of stuff. Like yeah, that's just static that's, age was 35 minutes. 12 from hell would have been 25 minutes. So just there, you've already doubled the amount of stuff to rely on. Plus whatever, plus die, the, the, the Wolf's Blood and Earth AD and all that stuff. I mean, Evil Live. Evil Live. Which has Henry so, Rollins on it? Huh? Yeah, yep, yep, yes, yes. Because the Evil Live record is from two shows. One of the ones on December 17th, The Ritz where we get the mommy version mm-hmm. for Walk Among Us, and then the other one, which was from their shows in Cali when they were on tour for Walk Among Us, right? Yep. I'm pretty positive. because Before they took I was own. born, so sadly I don't have the credentials to have been there. <sighs> Me either. <laughs> I, 
was, I was, I was a thought at that point. There we go. I was, I was, I was a thought or maybe not a thought. <laughs> that was maybe an unrealized thought. There you go. But, um, a whoops, but yeah, if you will. Yes. There you go. I, I dig it. I, anyways, I, 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 I caused this to go on a divergent trail. No, it's there, totally fine. As you were saying. No, I, honestly, I think that's completely fair. That's so what you were, that's what you were saying. Yeah. Literally, that's it. We're, we're good. So, so I, I had a couple little notes that I put down, but yes, that the undead were on that show, which was Bobby Steele's band also, which he released his own version. Can we, do you want to talk about that weirdness? Yeah. So let yeah, me, he, what is it? He released a bunch of stat of walk among his stuff or walk yeah. among his songs so, from walk among his sessions. So it was Halloween 2007. He puts out 12 hits from hell on his own band site for the undead right. because he, that's was, where he got kicked out for Doyle. Right. Right. And he got kicked out. No, it was Googie got kicked out on tour while they were touring for Correct. Rock Among Us, if I'm not mistaken. Because he was too unreliable. And that was their third yeah. drummer by that point. Yes, yes. And Googie, which I thought was kind of neat after that, is when he went and started Antidote with Rob Nunzio and Drew Stone, which, which I thought was pretty awesome. It's weird how the punk industry at this time kind of cannibalizes itself, you know? It always does. Years later, does. the Misfits had Marky, Ramon, and Des Kadena. So it's like, what? I, but I said... Did you see any? Did you see any of those shows when they did that one up? The Jerry and Friends lineup. As I'm, I'm not a Jerry guy. I'm a Danzig guy. That's yeah. so. Yeah, I've seen Danzig and Doyle play six times, and I've seen Danzig on his own a couple times. But I, mean, yeah. I, I didn't get I, to see the Michael Grave stuff. So I mean, I I would see him, but I wouldn't really care to see the Jerry, Jerry. the Jerry and Jerry and Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do mean, you know how Jerry got his last or his stage name? I think I knew that at one point, but I can't remember. So they put out their first EP and it's self-produced and somehow they didn't catch the fact that his last name was fucking misspelled so he is pissed off and he says from now on it's jerry only jerry and as a joke jerry only was born that's brilliant i love it and his little brother paulie becomes doyle wolfgang von frankenstein what talk about trading up right (laughs) it's you know how many paulies there must be in (laughs) new jersey in the 80s like you want to become doyle wolfgang von Frankenstein. I mean, seriously, isn't that a bit in Goodfellas when Karen is like, and then I met Paulie and his cousin who was also named Paulie, and the two sons <laughs> that were named Paulie, and they were named to Marie, and their sisters were named Marie. It's crazy. That's funny though. Yeah. I, but I think I heard or read that somewhere. Somebody told me that. That's fucking hilarious. Hey, you know what? It works. Good for good. Good fucking call, Jerry. Like, good for you, my man. And then you but had was, Glenn Danzig was born Glenn Allen Anzalone. I'm doing Italian hands for those of you who can't see what I'm doing. I'm doing Italian hands. Oh, hey, hey, oh, whoa, whoa. Hey, this fucking guy over here. So this when he was asked guy. about changing his name, he responded, quote, it's a personal reason that has to do with my family. Usually my family is off limits. I don't give a fuck who you are. I keep my family out of it. If you understand that and respect that, great. If not, I could give two fucks. So how is that? That's like an average Danzig interview where he's just like, I'm going to be full throttle in your fucking face the entire time. And you might hate me, but you're still going to keep the interview going for some weird complaint impulsive reason because i'm dancing yeah <laughs> because i'm dancing that sounded like oh we just write a line from the script from the sopranos like it's my fucking family yeah right my family. and my fucking family comes first and if you don't like it fuck you my blood is thicker fuck than you. pasta sauce you understand me 
you, 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 you're making me fucking crazy right now. You don't understand the value of family. I could give two fucks, this fucking guy over here. Where are you from? Brooklyn? Fuck out of here. So fuckers. Talking about the Sopranos, this guy was already kind of blood in in crime. At 11, gets arrested for breaking and entering. Uh, drinking, Jersey. drugs, crazy kids. Yeah. From Jersey. Like, come on. Like, they're fucking Jersey. But then oddly Ooh. goes into arts when he wants to do graphic design. So he's like comic books and photography, which he later does get into. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about seeing Jailhouse Rock when he was a kid. And he said, quote, I was like, that's what I want to do. That was where I was. And this is what I want to do. If I could do something like this, that'll be cool. That's his eloquent recollection is seeing jailhouse. So when he does skeletons, it's like, oh, that's actually kind of sweet and sentimental. Okay. Yeah. He's showing his sweet side on that one. That's funny. But jailhouse rock though. Weird, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you also have to remember too, for us, that sounds completely foreign, but we didn't have punk icons and stuff like that from before we were born. I mean, they had what? Jailhouse rock? Which he was viewed as rebellious. I mean, his gyrating hips and whatnot, and he was stealing black people's songs, so... Getting verklempt. <laughs> so speaking of verklempt, we'll talk about Jerry Only and his muscles because he was the biggest jock in the world, Mr. Varsity Boy. And he starts a band playing bass guitar a month after getting a bass guitar, I guess three months after getting a bass guitar for Christmas that he still hadn't learned to play. That's a, nice. a degree of confidence where I might not be a Jerry Only guy, but I kind of yeah. respect it. You got to give him, you got to give him props. And I read somewhere too that for the longest time when he was like, when the missed were talking, they're like, they're prime that his bass only had an E string and an A string and then another E string and another <laughs> <A> string because <laughs> you don't use the D string ever. And he would play so hard that he would break them. So he always just had an E and an A and another E and an A. And I used like misfits old misfits like tablature to warn how to play bass and i'm like it's all true yeah i just need these two fucking strings i have a bass downstairs that only has an e and an a string on it because i broke the d one yeah or like not from playing it but it just broke i think i didn't know how to like put it on there or whatever but i'm like you know what it worked for the misfits fuck that fucking string yeah. i've got e and a that's all i need i'm fucking good there's one fuck. song that comes to mind where he actually plays the goddamn bass and it's on static age it's uh, some kind of hate uh-huh dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. and it's like okay i can actually hear separate musical notes weird yep 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 and it's so funny because if i ask you for the jerry lonely baseline a song that came out over 30 years ago only one song came to mind and you did it perfectly because it's so noteworthy it's because that's one of the ones i learned how to play because it's fucking easy exactly it's easy but it also sounds good you know how hard it is to play fucking green hell how much that much down picking i am i am not tony from the descendants okay i cannot down pick like that it does not work like you know how much down picking that is it's insane you don't have enough creatine in your body i don't have enough anything in my body you saw my arm does that look like jerry only's arm no no not at all no that's why i got tattoos to compensate come on yeah so he ended up being a wcw like i said he actually beat dr death steve williams in a cage match when he was associated with one vampiro it's so weird you know the world is just a weird place but i love it he was claims that he was present at the final meal of sid vicious with Mm -hmm. doyle when they were doyle was 14 how weird is that well, if I'm not mistaken, Walk Among Us comes out when he's a senior in high school. Correct. And he doesn't know how to play guitar. Danzig is the one teaching him to play the songs. That's why Doyle has never made any qualms. He did not write anything. 
But for 40 years, he's banked on it because he had a nice friend who taught him a profession and everything. I mean, don't rock the fucking boat. Yes. Right? <laughs> Dance with the one who brung you. Fucking A. I mean, if I was like, we should be so goddamn lucky. Right? Fuck, dude. What the fuck? If I would have fallen ass backwards into a career at 17, yeah, you better believe I probably would have stuck with it if I could make the kind of money he has. And sling dick into gorgeous George? Do we want to talk up? No, we should get back to the record. Sorry. We have to? I mean, what's there really else to say? (laughs) Well, let's get into a little bit more of the production because otherwise I'll get distracted talking about boobs. (laughs) So, in detailing everything, the cover is basically the last sticking point I wanted to talk about before we get into some of the supplemental stuff in the actual track listing. So the cover itself it features the rat bat spider creature from the angry red planet and the flying saucers from Earth versus the flying saucers. Did you know that almost wasn't the cover? They actually did a photo shoot in a cave in 1981. It was in the summer with Von Erie. And you can actually find those pictures and oof. Some of those are pretty cool, but you know, this is obviously, this is like the London calling in my mind for the Misfits because it's just so, that's their, that's the album cover. I've seen it forever. That's all, that's the only way you'll know it. That's the only way that it's, it's instantaneously recognizable. I, I don't want Walk Among Us to have another album cover. Like I, I can't imagine it. I can't, I can't, I can't fathom it because, um, yeah, because Erie Vaughn did like all their photography back in the day, right? Because he was one of the friends like from school because they were both in school together. Exactly. And did like a lot of their promo shoots and all that photography mm-hmm. and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Exactly. And I believe one of the pictures I think of Jerry and Doyle, like just the eyes, mm-hmm. is on the back, is the is, is on the back of the jacket on the vinyl version. Correct. There's, so there's a picture collage. Yeah, I actually have notes on what was included in it. So the promotional copies included a twenty-two by 22 color poster of the actual cover and an 8 by 10 glossy with the band and the ruby logo and right. then the later version which is the common package has just a picture collage a lyrics book and that's on the inner sleeve so you're right, right. okay 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 Did, and if i'm if i'm not mistaken fucking danzig hates the fucking album cover right loathes it with a passion and sorry not to get to not to get off track but wasn't one of the other reasons that 12 hits from hell went to shit too was because when caroline sent the packaging and stuff like that back to them they were all pissed off they didn't like the layout or the liner notes and they didn't like some of those changes that were made and stuff to it so that created another rift with them where it just sat on the shelf forever and never got a proper release right because they like they didn't like how it looked or the the liner notes and the artwork or so they weren't they weren't happy with or something like that absolutely he was super furious about it because he'd i mean you got to keep in mind so his like you said, when it comes to the posters and everything, that's all Danzig. The Fiend Club is Danzig. So there are a couple like slaps to the face, which made kind of the reunion super spectacular. Like when you look at the Michael Graves era misfits, they have a song Fiend Club, which that is a bold fucking move to steal something from a guy who created the thing. You had Walk Among Us was a song. Again, going back to Danzig, who wrote basically this record. They pulled the, and pulled the jello and copyrighted everything. <laughs> right. Like, Shit, yeah. Fucking jello uh, be off, bro, you son of a bitch. Well, that was the same thing with Dead Kennedys, right? Yep. Between him and the rest of the band with uh, with Manifesto and Alternative Tentacles. It was like, just an ongoing thing forever. See, that's the next one that everyone's saying. Be like, I don't know. Maybe we'll see maybe we'll see Dead Kennedys with jello. We never thought we'd see Danzig with the Misfits, right? Anything could happen. Though. Money talks, dude. Let me tell you, if, if Saint Anger can happen... Oh my God, no, I'm 
just that's a joke. I have to move on because it'll make me literally vomit. Do you know what the band's name on the Italian vinyl is listed as? That's how deep Jake went with his fucking research. I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> Thank God, because I didn't know what what, what is it? Misfit. It's it's just <laughs> the misfit. The, the singular. The yep. misfit. I was like, I couldn't tell if that was like a cultural thing or if it was just a typo. But I thought it was hilarious to see because I could only imagine again going back to somebody it's like Danzig. A, it's only a, it's only a picture of Danzig. <laughs> he crops right. out everything outside of the band. It's the misfit. It's just him. Like well, every release that came out after that basically is him he overdubbed everything that caused a whole lot of strife as well so yeah because he overdubbed for walk among us he overdubbed like his all his vocals or no well he recorded just just his vocals in california right right and then overdubbed some of the guitar in california too so by himself because he was originally going to release walk among us too and so that's what you're talking about that era so he did re-record there this album is the one from the new jersey session that one that you're talking about ended up being on collection too so yeah which was like a weird thing because that's kind of divisive amongst like a lot of like really hardcore fans where it's just like uh danzig just wrote all that himself and just put it out and called it a misfits record because he was getting all the money for it at the time because the band was already broken up right but like yeah it's masturbatory and self-aggrandizing but then you get to the irrefutable fact well like you get to the fact he did write it I mean, that's yeah. he played yeah. drums on some of the recordings like he mm-hmm. played the bass. He played Doyle's guitar. And so, yeah. like, yeah, I think of him and I'm like, man, this guy's got an ego. But at the same point, you're like, <laughs> it's almost like a defense mechanism where he's like, no, no, this is me. Because he, it, well, apparently it wasn't his idea to be Danzig. You know that, right? Because Samoan comes after that band breaks yeah, 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 up. Yeah, he was going to yep, do yeah. another band. And the mm-hmm. the label's like, hey, you're the one people are following from this- Misfits to now. We're calling it Danzig. Because you're the constant factor, you're you're the, you're the you're the common denominator for all of these things. So just do it, you yeah. know. Which is music to his ears, I'm sure. Right, his five foot nothing ears. Oh, I know, and you can't, and and it's so funny because people like that was another thing. People were like, like, "Is he really that short?" And I showed him the cover to walk among us. You know, like, <laughs> he right. is, and I'm like, just believe what I say. Just I, I tell the truth. Like, just believe what I say. What the fuck? Like, look at this picture. Like, he's an angry little man. He's and that's fun why size. Make, and that's why he was going to be Wolverine. Look at the Chester. Look at the sideburns. Dude, honestly, he he's said, perfect. Like, and it's funny because there's an interview with Danzig, and he's reading like a Wolverine comic, and they're like, "Why do you like Wolverine so much?" And he's like, "He's got cool sideburns." Yeah, is that the Slasher magazine. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna so. say slasher. I like self-aggrandizing. <laughs> I was gonna watch. I was gonna. I wasn't gonna say nothing. I was gonna be like, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. I was gonna uh, give. Trust it. me, I have nothing in the works for that. Remember when I tried to make the goons letter happen, and then I was like, I'm sick of asking people for, for everything. I'm done. Moving no, on. No, I hear you. Have you ever heard the band Walk Among Us, which is a piano tribute featuring Sarah Van Lanigan, Veronica Evans, and Nate Phillips? I haven't, though. You know, I'm kind of like, I'm sure it's cool or whatever, yeah. but like, I don't know. I have this thing with like those, the, the string quartet and all that the, shit. Yes. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Like, it's just, it bothers me. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool that like they, the, that these people are that musical and they can do all these things. And that's awesome. It's way more talented than I will ever be. I just, if I, I I just don't want to hear it. Like, I want to hear the misfits. I want to hear the motherfucking misfits. Yeah. Like, okay, like you know, it does nothing for me. But but it's cool. Like, it's cool that it 
exists. Yeah. I like the quartets and stuff when it comes to like, you know, listening to it with my kid. Because mm-hmm. there have literally been times where she's heard those songs and then she hears that and she knows what it is. But yeah. with this, it intrigues me because going back to OG Misfits, you had Danzig playing an electric keyboard. And yeah. so it's kind of cool to hear those songs done thinking like what could have been in that medium. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like I said, it's cool. It's just like, I'm not like, oh, man, <sighs> kind of really feeling this, uh, you know, string quartet version of this. It's, you know, like, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't. Because didn't they do a big band one too? Oh, yeah. It was like the brass, brass, nutly big band. It was like a, like, like, like a, like a lounge band style thing of all misfit songs and mm-hmm. stuff too. And I think it came out around, around the Graves era or Project 1950 yeah. era. Um, 1950. Like, yeah. Right around then. Did you, do you have any strong feelings for the Japanese ball, band Balzac? I fucking love Balzac. Their fucking yeah. music videos yeah. and everything. Have you, they God. Good. I love that shit. So good. It's like the one good thing that Jerry only ever did was introduce me to that band. Well, and it was funny. So, so you never saw the the Jerry, Marky, Ramon, Des lineup, right? No, not like live. Yeah. So they live were like it was what it was. I, it was like you know people are like it's cosplay, it's Jerry and friends, and I'm like okay, but I still get to get these songs, but see these songs played live, and it's yeah. cool and stuff. But I went to two of those, the Fiend Fest tour, yeah. they call them. I went to two of those, more, in all honesty, for the other bands on those shows because the lineups for those shows were fucking unreal. One year at, where was it? It was at Toad's Place in New Haven. I saw, you know, Misfits, Jerry and Friends, The Damned, Balzac, Agnostic Front, DI, which was, you know, leftovers from adolescence, and a couple like local openers. Like I saw The Damned, Agnostic Front, Balzac, and DI all in one show. That's crazy. Insane. That's absolutely crazy. The next, uh, the next year or the year after, maybe give or take, they had one of those other bands from Japan, uh, Juicehead. It was kind of like more like pop punk. I've heard of them. I'll Google them. That other one, Osaka Pop Star, which was another kind of like Japanese, like kind Mm -hmm. of pop punkish band. Um, Balzac again. The UK subs and the addicts. <laughs> I gotta say, the addicts. It, it was like it was like take my fifty dollars. I'm gonna get to see the UK subs, Balzac and the addicts together. And I mean, in all honesty, I stayed through like half the misfit set and left. I was like, I just saw the addicts, and yeah. they mopped the floor with everybody. With and I mean, the UK subs were fucking awesome. I mean, it's Charlie Harper. It is the it's the UK fucking subs, dude. Like with the addicts and Balzac, like come take my fifty dollars. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Like, Monkey from the addicts is one of my favorite people i've ever met at a show because he like the nicest person ever and like i wasn't even a huge addicts fan i just drove my friends because i'm sober and you just tagged along you just tagged along for that one yeah, yeah and, like i knew enough of the songs where i was like oh yeah fuck yeah i'll go and i think i was probably the only person who like was like oh yeah i'll even give you you know at least half the money for the ticket this dude like hugged me and smeared his makeup on my face and stuff and gave yep. me like a bunch coolest of cards ever. It's like hell yep. yeah coolest dude ever the uh one of my friends when like i knew him from like middle school we got into like punk around the same time and stuff the addicts were like his favorite that was like his go-to band i did a tattoo when i, I got a tattoo a, a kid a, a kid about tattoo machines and stuff um i did a giant monkey portrait on his arm right on and he went to one of the first rebellion fests in england where they had like all the og like the exploited and the business and the, all of them and he was telling me he was over there like during one of the days like just sitting down he's like 
like, yeah, and this guy just sits next to me. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, hey, how you doing? I really like the tattoo. It's real nice. And like, he walks over and it's monkey, like <laughs> he's in normal clothes with no makeup on and he didn't recognize me. It's like, holy fucking shit. And he said he was like, just the coolest dude. Yep. But just came over, sat down because he saw his tattoo, bullshitted. He's like, yeah, I flew over here from Massachusetts. You know, he's like, you came over. That, that's awesome. He said he was just like the coolest dude. The opposite I, of Danzig, yes. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Danzig's going to, I'm looking at my window now because I'm afraid he heard me and he's going to come pummel me because he could pummel me. I saw the addicts in January and they were so good. Yeah. Oh, they were so good. And they hung out after the show. They met everybody, took pictures of everybody, signed anything people gave them, like just the coolest dudes ever. It was such an awesome band. So awesome. So awesome. But those Fiend Fest lineups, amazing. I get to see Balls Act twice. I mean, what else? That's all I need. I'm good. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm all set. Yeah. And honestly, like the video stuff that they did is like half of why I got into them so hard. Uh-huh. But I mean, it's it's crazy to me that that band, I mean, just imagine like the in, like that's what I mean as far as like the influence that the Misfits had, because by the time Balzac was formed, the box set hadn't come out yet. They were yep. formed in 92. The box set came out in 96. And that's like, you know, how did those records, how do those LPs even get to Japan, dude? That's yeah. amazing. And it's not like it was like a subtle influence. Like they were a punk band for a year or two and then yeah. all of a sudden see the box set and become Balzac because we know like, no, they were all in with everything about their aesthetic and everything from the get-go. So it's not like they were, like they got introduced to the Misfits by the box set. They were already all in yeah, when absolutely. they created that band. So how did exactly, so how did all this stuff that was out of front and hard to find and blah, 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 blah. Bootlegs and shit. Get, get over there and be that impactful to create this band and, and you know and i mean like they're they're totally in it like oh yeah dude to, their like, lead singer hasn't office. changed his goddamn hairstyle since like of the Dan- glenn danzig ripoff since the 90s and he no. still wears like the skeleton clothes i imagine that he probably got married in the skeleton clothes like it's hilarious mm-hmm. with like the little necklace with like the finger bones on it and everything like that i hope so i'll be really bummed out if he doesn't like if, if he didn't do that i'm gonna be kind of bummed out so i'm start boycotting I'm, no, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can boycott. It's cancel so culture. <laughs> if you didn't get married the way I wanted you to, you need blah, blah, blah. Track listing for this oh, record was 20 Eyes. Starts off the whole thing. What do you think of that song? I was going to ask you what you think about this being the, the, the opening, the opening track for the record. I think it couldn't be opened with a better song. I mean, if we're talking not about from this record, yeah, not from these from tracks this record. Yeah. From this, from this one, the best one to open it with. It's 100%. fast enough. It's fast enough. It's catchy enough. There's enough dancing, singy, singy vocals, but still got a little bit of a rasp to it. So it still has like a good edge that right into, I turned into a Martian right into all hell breaks loose. I think is an awesome three song sequence, like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It, it's a good blend of the speed, the aggression, the melody. And then by the time it hits all hell breaks loose, it's telling you, it's like, this isn't just going to be some happy woe type band with comic book lyrics and bullshit yeah. like that. It's We're not going to have a clap break. Yeah, it, it's it's still got teeth. It still has fucking balls. And yeah. I mean, to do that in your first three songs, perfect. Well, if you look at perfect. so both sides are very well balanced, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's just look at side A for now. Like you said, 20 Eyes, I Turn Into a Martian, All Hell Breaks Loose, Vampira, Nike A Go Go, Hate Breeders, the live version of Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight, and the Night of the Living Dead. And so for the selfish horror fan, obviously we have Vampira as the actress, the 1974 movie, Night of the Living Dead is obviously based on the George A. Romero work. You know, there's a lot of speculation that I turned into a Martian as a reference to the Ray Bradbury story. Dark they were and golden eyed. 
And what so, an awesome name. right? I feel like it's that they badass. probably should have just named it that. But you take that. Is, okay. Sorry, not to cut you off. Is Night of the Living Dead on side A? Because I thought side A. Oh, it starts off the, side B. You're correct. The, that's the first on side B. Okay. I'm going to edit that whole thing out so I don't sound like an idiot. I won't say nothing. My whips are sealed. You have that whole side of it. You're dealing with the dark influences and everything. You have some changes in tempo. One thing I've oh, for some weird reason I've always thought that hate breeders and brain eaters were like the same kind of thing. Like they just kind of fit the same space, and then it makes perfect sense that you have side A and then side B because like oh this is just the hate breeders of side B. Of side A, yeah, this is yep exactly. Astro this zombies is. is just the I turned into a Martian of side B. Mm-hmm. But yep. it, it starts like second half it, starts yeah. just as well. So you have Night of the Living Dead, Skulls, Violent World, Devil's Whorehouse, Astro Zombies, Brain Eaters, and then you go home happy. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny because like I, I feel like for people like of our age, of our generation, we really have lost and didn't have to rely on how to craft the side A and B to yeah. a record. Because 100%. we came in the CD era with like the 22, 20 track CDs and stuff like that. So like I feel like that's become a lost art. And I think that's why some of those older punk and hardcore records are like, man, it's such an awesome record. It's such a banger. I'm like, yeah, because it's fucking 10 songs. Yeah. It's five songs that fit on one side, five songs that fit on the other. There's no room for the filler track. It's got to be killer, 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 because you've only got this much time to fit on a vinyl record. So it's got to be the best. Yeah, this you know? this album is basically two singles. When yeah. you think about the, the construct, if you took each side and you put that onto each, to each side, you know, it, the, the logic is sound. So, you know, I, I always equate skulls to 20 eyes, you know, mm-hmm. the devil's whorehouse I equate to vampire. It's like the same kind of And thing. hate breeders with brain eaters, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Yep. but I'm a and little frustrated that brain eaters got the music video and not hate breeders, but I do like the brain eaters music video. You know, it reminds me very much of Peter Jackson's bad taste. So I'm okay with it. There you go. That makes sense. That makes Have sense. you seen it? It's actually still on YouTube and it, like there's some of varying quality, but there's one where it's like almost HD and you're like, holy shit, that's weird. I can see Jerry's tattoo because it ends with a tattoo of the misfits on the misfits and i'm like that's like wearing your own band's shirt to a very perverse degree man but they could pull it off other bands couldn't pull that off but they could pull that off the only band that could self self promote them those that much is like kmfdm (laughs) (laughs) it's the only one i could think of like it's and it's funny like i think walk among us is just it's a perfect example of that of you got to get the right songs it's got to be the right songs you got to have good sequencing and you gotta it's got to be all killer you know no filler tracks it's got and they do such a good job with it and it's probably why it carries the weight that it does because it's that good of a record and every song on it is fucking awesome. I think the point you made with pairing one song from one side to the other one is a really, really good observation. And it's probably why the record has that flow where you get enough of the melody, enough just straight up punk. You get those cool kind of sing-alongy, big, huge, big gang vocal choruses that you can sing along to with Nike, a go-go, with Violent World. You know what I mean? Like it has all those big, fist in the air sing-alongy parts and stuff like that it's it's such a good balanced record and i think that's why it flows the way it does and it's such an easy listen you could throw on walk among us and just it starts playing again and you're like yeah that can play again yeah yeah well, also, it's only again. 24 minutes again. so you could listen to it like three times in an hour almost it's crazy and and it but it doesn't feel like you listen to it three times you're just like yeah i just listen to the misfits for an hour it's cool i don't care i didn't it doesn't bother me what do you think what do you think about mommy can i go out and kill tonight being this random live 
recording in this studio thing. When I first heard it, I thought it was the most weirdest random thing. Like, I think it would have been cool if we got a studio version, but I don't know why it somehow kind of works. It fits with the... Somehow it, yeah. somehow it, it makes sense, even though it doesn't make sense. I don't know if I want the, the studio version on this. I like how it's right in the middle of the record. It's this random live song and you kind of get that, that, that you, you, you get that intensity of live punk that you can, that you don't get in other Correct. bands. So it, you, know? you get the grit of it. it. It's so I, one of my favorite records of all, I, I love kiss alive and kiss alive too. I don't know why uh-huh. I do. I just, I love those albums. It's like, I'm very proudly have those on vinyl and I play them all the time. Nice. Those are fake live. They, they amplify right. the crowd and it's just glitz and it's very, you know, it's bolstering the they ego of like, look how great we are. We're Whereas this is the opposite. There is no cheering. Nobody gives a fuck by comparison, right? This is just screaming. And there's like, you could, you could feel the fucking sweat on the bricks in CBGB. You know, obviously it's not recorded there, but you get my point. Also, fun fact, I got to see Slapshot, uh, the hardcore band at CBGB when I was there. It was the highlight of 2005. I never went to CBs. I've never been there. Oh, that's heartbreaking, dude. It was a rad. It was weird. It was like going into a different time era. And because like for I me, I'm, I go in there and I'm like, the first thing that comes to my mind is Misfits. And so to mm-hmm. be able to see a band like Slapshot was like super rad because it's like, it's, I didn't get to see what I, you know, but to be fair, by this point, they've been broken up for 22 years. So it's okay. But seeing Slapshot, though is fucking awesome in a small room that's fucking awesome what year was that that was 2005 for a straight edge hardcore kid whose favorite sport has been hockey since before he played sports so that was what right around the time of digital warfare or mm. the tear down ep bingo digital warfare time oh such a good fucking record too i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a slap shot guy like i said i'm i'm, I'm steeped in the bot in, in I, I'm, I'm a mass hole man it's like you you can't have hardcore in massachusetts without fucking slap shot come on it's clam chowder and sweat chat. Is that how is Chowda. that how you say it? Shout out. Shout Say it. Say it, Frenchie. Say it. Shout <laughs> Ah, that's not Shout Yeah. For those of you who don't know what Johnny's doing is referencing The Simpsons when the show did not suck my taint. Yeah, when Conan O'Brien was the writer for it, also known as The Golden Age. Yeah. Just saying. Slapshot. Slapshot's fucking awesome. Have you heard their new album, Make America Hate Again? Of course. Oh, it's so good. Of course. I wonder what's going to happen with that band now that Craig Silverman isn't playing with them anymore. <sighs> you, have to, you have to twist the knife, huh? We're already talking about one of my favorite bands that broke up and then kind of came back together and then they're not doing now putting out new records and now I have to... Con- hmm. Well, if you want to, we could talk about Blast Furnace or Unconsciousness. I feel like we're going a little far on time, but we could have you back on to do those. <laughs> or not. Or we could just talk about old time hardcore, 16 valve hate. That's fine too. <laughs> we can talk about those slapshot records. So but let's go back. Awesome. Our that's favorite. Awesome. I never got to I never got to go to CBGBs. I always wanted to. Our guitar player Jesse grew up in the Bronx. He'd been there a whole bunch of times. I've never been. So yeah, I had awesome. to choose because I only had a wad of cash with me. It was a slapshot shirt or a picture book from CBGB. And so Hilly Crystal actually signed it for me. So oh, awesome. I got the book. Yeah, it was pretty rad. That's that's awesome. He's a cranky old cocksucker, but I loved it. He was so rude, Mm -hmm. but my mom... Uh, was with me because we it was like a family vacation and it was hilarious because my mom like she gets it like she doesn't get me at all but she gets that she doesn't get me so when she like saw me and I, I walk in and my eyes light up and she's like go go have fun and I just, just go, go and I'm like moshing and then I go back you know I'm sweaty and bleeding and stuff and uh, my mom 
yeah. basically like did like the titty push up kind of move and suddenly got his attention and he signed the book. That's awesome. Yeah. That's Which so he would awesome. not have done for Sweaty Mosh Pit Boy. So, you know, thank you, Mom. Well, he's, well, he's been looking at Sweaty Mosh Pit Boys since the fucking late 70s. Right. Can you blame the guy like, you know, like, like, yeah, good, good call, Mom. That's, there we go. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's that's good shit. So we good talked shit. about our favorite tracks on the record and you and I overlap 66.666%. So top three, what are they? Top three for just for songs off uh, Walk Among Us. I think I'm going to have to go with Night of the Living Dead, Skulls, and Astro Zombies. Oh, yesterday when we were talking, I thought it was different. So we have a little bit of diversion there. I had to sit down and listen to it while I was working because I work for about 16 hours a day. So Uh, I have some time to really think about it. (laughs) No, thank you, sir. So I like you. Astro Zombies has to be in there. You know, like the lyrics of that song, when he talks about you, know, how your heart, heart pounds till it pumps in death is like the it is poetry on a level I cannot comprehend. So, yeah, that one's awesome. I really do love Skulls. So I, I had almost included that one. I originally had, um, you know, I don't mind the overlap between Astro Zombies and I turned into a Martian. So I'm going to have yeah. both of those with my final appearance being all hell breaks loose. Now, Mm -hmm. if I was to diverge and take out, I turned into a Martian. I think I might be right there with you with 20 eyes because like you said, it's just, it kicks and starts the whole thing off and it just puts you in a mindset. You hear that and you're like, okay, I know what's happening. This is 24 minutes of my life where I don't have to think about mortgages or health insurance or orange people ruining my country. Well, it, it takes you back to the first time you heard the record because it's the first song that's on the record. Yeah, it, it's always going to hold that super level of nostalgia because that's the first thing you fucking hear, and it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But like, I mean, it's tough. Like, it's tough. Like, I like, like you know, like, like I turned into a Martian. Astro's always Night of the Living Dead. They're all kind of fall into like kind of that same misfits formula those, yeah. are, those are misfit songs so like i can get how you might want to leave those out to go with something like an all hell breaks loose or even mommy or you know like devil's whorehouse or violent world or something like that because those kind of or vampire or vampiric is or nike go-go because they're a little different they're not that same kind of formulaic sound as i turn into martian astro zombies and stuff yeah like the that. rhythm just of nike go go the uh, go go like it's yeah. so go, 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 go. right it's very go. obtuse yeah like so like i can get how you might want to change it up and stuff but those three songs are just so undeniably good like i could put those in a top three just because of how good they are you know what i mean yeah. like it but 20 eyes tell the song it, it, it opens the record it, i mean we're, if you're gonna have an album that is this good that you and i are gonna spend an hour talking about it the first song has to be that good yeah really it's gotta hook it's gotta hook you right off the bat no doubt you know like it that's tough it's and it's like, just it, so odd like what is he talking 20 eyes in my head like clouding up what the and it's, yeah, it's I don't know. it takes I you to this know. really cool like you know something is weird and it, it's weird in a way where it's not like derivative because I if they had done something like Astro Zombies, which is derivative of other work, if you haven't seen right. Astro Zombies, you somewhat alienate them. When you're already right. on board, you're like, oh, you're like me. You go see Astro Zombies because you listen to this fucking band. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. yeah. 
No, and and it's not so like right in your face as something like Astro Zombies. Like right off the bat, you're talking about like how your face slides off in a pile of flesh, and it's just like you it, 20, 20 eyes doesn't have to start so brazen. Yeah, and you're still hooked, and you're still hooked. And you know what I mean? Like, or you're not talking about like hack the heads off little girls and put them on my wall as your opening track. Like, whoa, okay, or dude, killing babies, it. or yeah, Jackie exactly. Kennedy sucking the bullet out of her husband's head based on mm-hmm. a poem. Did you know that? Bullet was a poem in 73, I think. And then he kept it and then he ended up turning it into a song that was, <laughs> wow. That's one fun of those. We used to cover that one in our old band too. Yeah, actually, I'm trying to remember the name of the band. I saw once that they covered Bullet, but they did it as Mullet and they changed the lyrics. So it was about being a redneck and it was very fun. I don't remember the name though. If, if you know it, please let us know. I'd love to find them. <laughs> I need to hear this. I mean, like... That sounds like something the Vandals would do. Yeah. <laughs> like it's or Guar. It sounds like something Guar would Dude, do. Dude, I would be so into a seeing Guar. If Guar did a Misfits cover set, but it was all parodies, that would be the best thing that ever happened in the history of humanity. I'm frankly surprised it hasn't happened already, to be completely honest with you. Without How creative they are weird. Already, right. We saw we played a RPM Fest a couple of years ago, and there was a band called Wello, and I'm pretty positive it was members of Guar and Green Jello, like combined, like members of both. Like they had like armor that they made and stuff like that. And it was like ridiculous. Like they they were, they looked more like Transformers than they did Guar because they were all like boxy and and shit like that. You know, they had like giant broadswords made out of plastic and like they put, gave them to the crowd and had the crowd like fight each other and shit like that. It was ridiculous. It was obscene. It was, it was absurd. Speaking of Transformers, have you ever heard of the band Cybertronic Spree? No. They do cosplay as G1 Transformers and play instruments and it's fucking rad. That's awesome. They do cover you, of like Dare. And, oh, it's oh, you'll you heard, love it. Have you heard that hardcore band Shockwave? Hell yes. Shockwave. Of course I have. I, you can't be a nerd and into hardcore music and, and not and not know Shockwave. That's that was a stupid question. Permit. No, it's good because now now our fans are going to be like, what's Shockwave? And they're gonna be like, make sure to put in Shockwave hardcore. Don't put well. Make sure you don't put anything. Clear your browser history so that your right. Google machine doesn't know that you had previously looked up Rule Thirty Four because then your Shockwave hardcore is going to be a little bit different or just do that and just see what happens yeah let's go with it <laughs> Put i mean on. <laughs> basically he's like the default orgy transformer right because he's like shooting those tapes out and just yeah uh, run a yeah. train <laughs> and not the and not a, not the, and not the mechanical train exactly. like you're thinking of the that's not the train. train we're transforming into mm-hmm. yeah. all you need to know is chug 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 shock chug 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 wave <laughs> you're good you're Perfect. good so johnny Speaking plug of, your band so we can uh, send these people home going after you and buying your merch and going to your shows when the quarantine is finally over dude it's fucking killing me too can i just say in 14 years we've never had this level of inactivity and it's driving me fucking insane you're gonna do like an online show our, our friends bone church just did that do you not remember how much of a production it was to get me to understand how to do this you really <laughs> think i'm going to be able to coordinate that well first of all i'm like leader guy oh, oh. I know. oh i know the non-technical person is the leader per whoops and he- can you imagine? I doubt it'll happen. We're just going to say, I'm just going to save all my rage for when the shows do happen. And then I'm hoping they're going to be that epic. You have a fucking aneurysm, dude. Well, I don't know if you can see, but 
my whole forehead right here is all scar tissue. Yeah. Because I used to do the fucking choke microphone smash for like years and years and years. That's how I broke my nose actually by accident because I stepped on the cord and shortened up and hit myself and oh. broke my nose and just blood everywhere. So I used to do the head smasher thing. So I'd just be like all blooded out like for shows and with stuff the black like that. makeup under your eyes. I've seen that yes, pictures. With, yes, with the yeah, with the Kevin seconds, because I'm a seven seconds nerd. But yeah, so I'm hoping that since I can't because I I don't do the only reason I don't do it anymore is because it doesn't work. I just yeah. keep hitting myself in the forehead and it doesn't work and the sound gets all pissed off because his microphone's all fucked and fucking fucked up and shit like Buddy, that. Buddy, it's called a gig line. Have you ever heard of pro wrestling? Just have, take a bunch of aspirin to thin your blood, take a little bit little, little tiny sliver of a razor blade and just beep. Yeah, like I know, but like I'm not advocating is, that D- disclaimer. You did not hear that from know. me. I'm not telling you to do anything. Advocate it. Fuck it. Come on, man. We're punks. What the fuck? No, like I thought about it and I'm like, I feel like then it's like I'm it when I would do it before it was in the moment and it was like just raw energy and it yeah. was just raw visceral power. I feel like if I do that, then I'm planning it and it's a planned thing and it becomes part of like the show. Yeah. I, you know, a little Gene know. Simmonsy at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but so I'm hoping that with the however long this is going to be of just unbridled, unkempt, undealt with rage, the shows will be that epic when they get going again, whenever that may be. I hope it's soon. But yeah, you can find us, Cry Havoc, with the exclamation mark. I have to tell you to put the exclamation mark when you look stuff up because there's some other Cry Havocs there. I mean, if you want to see some dude with a scarf on and tidy whities prancing around, then type in Cry Havoc without it. But if you don't, that's what you'll get. That's not me. That's, well, that also, is not me. it's very indicative of you to have the exclamation point. You're the yes. only person who I talk to on a regular basis who only sends messages in all caps like you're screaming at me at all times. <laughs> I'm a singer for a hardcore band. That's all I do is scream. Like, come on. Like, yeah, that's my thing. It drives people in the ass. You know I think it's really hilarious. Do? Every time I read it, I, I laugh. You know why I really stick out with that? Because it bothers people so fucking much. And I'm like, if Caps Lock really gets you that pissed, I'm not the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem. So you consciously <laughs> put on Caps Lock before you type every single time? Yes. Awesome. Every every single time. Commitment that, to the bit. I am that obnoxious. No, I'm just that obnoxious. That's my go. thing. But yeah, so if you want to check us out, we're on Instagram. It's cryhavoc underscore band. We are on Spotify. We have all of our records all on there. We have two five five albums that are up there all for streaming we have a big cartel online store we have our newest full-length record our previous full-length split seven inch three different t-shirts pins uh, decals all the band shit that's just big cartel cry havoc band we're on facebook i'm on twitter you'll know that it's us because everything's in caps lock yep and uh-huh. if you look in the episode description of this episode that you're listening to you'll find links to all this shit so that johnny doesn't have to recite it from memory yeah because i'll probably fuck it up because i'm that guy uh it's those blows to the head i can't help it yeah, the but self-inflicted yeah. blows to the head mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. hey man i've I'll been there i used to play n64 a lot i remember one time i headbutt the joystick in my n64 and it like sunk in and i was like oh fuck i have to buy a new controller just popped it right out it worked fine it was weird so you looked like Dr. Manhattan because didn't like, <laughs> yeah, because didn't like the joystick. The hydrogen have, like, almost, yeah, the hydrogen yeah. symbol on it, like underrated controller. That fucking controller was the shit. Because if you do nothing but play first person shooters, it gave you a trigger that was in yeah. the middle with a th- good, good shit. Anyways, anyways, I mean, come on, Turok, Goldeneye, what else do you need? The fuck? Perfect Dark. But yeah, so Perfect Dark is so good. Anyways, yeah, so if you want to follow us, stream us, share, 
please, by all means, it'd be greatly appreciated. If you like old school kind of, I, I try not to compare us to other bands because I just think that's presumptuous. But yeah, if you like hardcore, if you like punk, short, fast, angry, a little bit of melody here and there, yeah, then check us out and spread the word. We'd, it would be ve- it would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. And I will sing your good graces and I'll continue to. Be kind. So just stay tuned until after this and you'll hear another Cry Havoc track. Uh, if you would like, you can reach us, slasherspot at gmail.com. I'm sure you can find us in all the places. Look at the episode description. I would be very interested to know what your top three favorite songs are off of this record. So if you want to shoot us a message, leave us a message on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I want to know. I'm actually curious because, you know, I think that legitimately I could see there. This could be like a round robin where you just keep having three different ones for all of eternity. For sure. For sure. Because every single fucking song on this album is good in its own way. So I'm totally I, I would totally be interested in hearing what other people have for a top three. Like, absolutely. Hell yeah. Come on, come on goons. Participate, will you? The fuck? And if you like Johnny on the show, make sure to let us know so we can have him back to do Veronica. And there are other Misfits records. I'm just saying we could do all of them. It wouldn't take long because there's only 20 minutes pop. So now that I figured out how to do this, then yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, see, I told you I, 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 I'm no good with this stuff. But once I learned how to do it once, I just needed to know how to do it once and I'm good. There we go. My wife helped me do it. I'm not going to lie. She, she <laughs> cheater, cheater, pumpkin that. eater. <laughs> What anybody that knows me is like, yeah, you figured that out, Johnny. Bullshit. <laughs> I, I can't lie. Perfect. So for Johnny, I'm Jake reminding you to go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. I'm going to need you to do the fart noise for me, bud. So that was like a bucket list episode. Not only just to have Johnny on, who is fucking awesome. I just really, really enjoy that guy's company. And if it wasn't for a three hour time difference and life responsibilities i'd probably drag him into being on my show but uh it was also just nice to do something for the misfits and i hope you enjoyed it i know it's breaking from tradition because we've never done like an album review or history retrospective or whatever but i really really enjoyed the research and the recording process i don't know if you could tell but i actually woke up before four in the morning to record that and so johnny was like seven o'clock his time and four here and it worked out really well i'm very very happy with the product be sure to check out cry havoc with an exclamation point don't fuck that up also stay tuned for deep cuts matinee on the horizon for those of you who don't know i have stockpiled a shit ton of episodes so that i could take a break when my son is born and if i never come back to this I know that Deep Cuts Matinee will pick up in the exact same vein as last year's, and in a lot of ways it'll probably be better than the bullshit I've been doing. So enjoy Cry Havoc, support them, be friends, be bros, be goons, and be excellent to each other. One, two, three, four! Yeah, yeah.
a fucking turd.